Good morning podcast and welcome to the Pieti Number Show. You are on the best podcast on planet Earth for photographers, videographers and creators in general. I'm not kidding because today we have an amazing guest. His name is Aaron Nast. He's the founder and creator of Flurn. If you've ever seen a great Photoshop tutorial on YouTube, it is most likely from him. So today I'm very excited to have the discussion with him because we'll be digging into subjects that are so important as creators. You know, it's not just for photographers, it's not just for videographers, it's for any artist in general. We'll be talking about creativity, how to really foster your creativity, where can you find it when you don't have it, how can you influence yourself not actually to be influenced by others but really develop your own style and we'll be talking a little bit about Lightroom and Photoshop and what tools you can use which is the most important that you should be using if really you want to master your craft in an easy way and understandable and if your goal is basically to take the best photos possible. So I think any of you will really enjoy that discussion because it's all about the philosophy beyond creating and it's not just for photography, it's for arts in general. For a little bit of context, if you want, you can go on Instagram or on YouTube and type Flearn, P-H-L-E-A-R-N, and you will have a little bit of context on to who Aaron is. And I want to say a big thank you also to all of you who have been listening to the podcast so far because it's been an amazing adventure. I get a lot of great feedbacks. If you have guests that you want me to have on the podcast, make sure you drop me a DM on Instagram, let me know, or tweet me at Pierre Lambert. And most importantly, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps a lot the podcast being seen. And last but not least, share it with your friends. I mean, the more, the merrier. It's awesome. So let's go. With no further ado, let's welcome Aaron to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Aaron. Hey, Pierre. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. All right. Just to give you a little quick uh, background story, guys, uh, I met how long ago did I meet you, Aaron? Like four, uh, four five? or five years ago. Yeah. Four or five years ago. And at the time, I kind of idealized Aaron in a way where I only saw him on a screen. And as you know, he, you do like so many Photoshop tutorials. And the first time I saw you in real life, I was like, oh my God, that's crazy because I saw you teach a class and you were just as good in your explanation as in the video. Well, thank you very much. And I was like, wow, how does one do that? <laughs> it was really impressive because Photoshop is kind of a complex tool, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, explaining anything, you know, complex and breaking it down into a simple manner is basically what I've spent the last 10 years of my life working on through YouTube videos. And now we have a subscription platform on our website. So being like uh, uh, a personality, I guess, or a, you know, a video instructor on YouTube has actually helped me learn how to do that because you kind of have to get your ideas across in a relatively short period of time. And in order for people to actually benefit from them, you gotta be clear with your thoughts. Yeah. So uh, what I've learned through the process is to clear up my thoughts mm -hmm. first and then use my mouth. Oh, does that, do you feel that that translate in everyday life also with your interaction and social interaction with people? Most definitely. When, yeah. when I'm trying, when I'm paying okay. attention. Yes, yeah. most definitely. And I'm doing it right, right now, now also, <laughs> if you couldn't tell. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, I think what is really interesting in how, how you got started, you're like, what's the volume zero of your comic book story? 
So I started out as a, uh, just as a hobbyist, taking self-portraits actually, uh, picked up a relatively inexpensive camera and I didn't really have much of a technical background, but I wanted to have fun with photography. Mm -hmm. So I took pictures, I started a self-portrait project, it was called a 365 project. I took a self-portrait every single day for a year and through the process learned photography and also honed my Photoshop skills. So at this point, it was a pure hobby, never intending it to be a career move or making any money doing this sort of thing. Uh, but going through that project really helped me to fall in love with photography and made me realize I was spending more of my energy, both physical and mental, on photography than I was at my job. I, had, I was working at oh, a full-time wow. job at this time. And I realized that I needed to make this transition because it was... It was consuming my thoughts and I wasn't paying enough attention with my job. Yeah. I was spending all of my energy with photography. So I realized that I really didn't have a choice. Uh, I had to quit my job and I had to pursue photography in one way or another. Uh, and um, so that's that's kind of where everything began. And at the time, you know, I, I had no experience starting a business uh, or doing anything business related for that matter. But I kind of figured that if I just tried my hardest for a long period of time, uh, it would work. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Try your hardest for a long period of time. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good saying because, yeah, I feel like a lot of people just quit too early. You know, that is a really interesting point because there there have been times along the way that I've wanted to quit. Yeah. There have been many times where maybe I just wasn't very inspired by what I was doing at the moment. And, and I wanted to quit, but I've realized through the years that uh, finding the time to pause and look at what you're doing from a different angle can often solve those personal issues of wanting to quit. Taking just a step back from quitting, mm -hmm. just maybe, you know what? I'm going to take a month off and I'm going to rethink how I approach photography. And what about photography am I not really into right now? Is there another thing that I could be focusing on with my photography that I would be into? And taking the time to find that and then rekindling that passion through looking at the same medium in a different way. That seems like a really good exercise anyone can do and not just for photography. Exactly. I feel because it's it's something where I mean maybe some of you can relate where you get really consumed by ideas and by new projects and suddenly at one at one point it just fades away a little bit, it chips away and then at one point you, you don't really know why you're doing it but you're still doing it out of habit. Um, I, I feel it's a very good way of, of reconnecting with that part. And to rebranch on your uh, 365 self selfie challenge, <laughs> we could call it <laughs> selfie. <laughs> I'm into it. Let's do it. My selfie challenge. <laughs> Before the Kardashians. <laughs> right. um, what was your most memorable selfie you took and edited? And I say selfie, guys, it's self-portrait. It's a little bit more advanced. No, it's okay. We can call them selfies. I don't mind. So I, I really found my personal passion in the creative side and I didn't have, you know, uh, I wasn't working with a budget. I wasn't working with a crew. This was, you know, just me going out 
and doing the best I could with uh, a, a couple hours a day and a little bit of time into Photoshop. So some of my most enjoyable self-portraits were coming up with a complete concept ahead of time and then taking the images, whether it's a, a photograph of me and then maybe a couple different elements, and then pulling them all together in Photoshop to create a final concept. So coming up with a, an image in my head yeah. to start with, and anytime the end image, the, the physical image that I could, you know, experience looked anything like what I had in my head, that was a success. It's like expectation matched reality. Exactly. And, and awesome. sometimes expectation is way more than reality. Yeah. And sometimes it's the other way around. You know, sometimes you don't really feel that inspired, but you go out and take some pictures anyway, and you come back and actually come out with some really great stuff that maybe you didn't expect you were going to get. So just the practice of taking pictures hours a day for mm -hmm. a year, just doing that alone provided me with the experience that I needed to get better as an artist. Got it. And if, if I, you were to go deeper, do you have one image you remember specifically that if, if you had to summarize your 365 in one, if you had to take only one image out of those 365, which one would it be and why? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I, I'm thinking back, I did have one image, I believe where I was, yeah, and maybe we can link to this in some way. Uh, I drop it in the show notes, guys, if you want to see it. Perfect, in the show notes. Uh, I, I took an image, I decided I wanted to do a short series with uh, me and exotic animals that I couldn't actually photograph, you know, so I had to use <laughs> stock photos. Uh, and I found an image of a gorilla holding just like a stick, right? It's a gorilla at a zoo holding a stick. And I saw the picture and I thought, wouldn't that be funny if the gorilla was just like holding like a big sandwich, like a Subway sandwich? And what if I was sitting next to the gorilla also holding a big Subway sandwich? Like we're just having lunch together. <laughs> That's uh, funny. Yeah. So I photographed myself on my couch in my okay. living room at the time. And then I moved the other couch cushion and photographed myself sitting on that couch cushion also. So the indent on both couch cushions were there. And then in Photoshop, I removed myself from one of the spots and put the gorilla there and put the sandwich in the gorilla's hand. Oh. So it looks like both the gorilla and I are sitting on the couch because the couch cushions are indenting with the weight and the gorilla is holding a Subway sandwich okay. and I'm holding a Subway sandwich in a very similar pose. And it worked. It was one of those silly ideas that just worked and when when i look at it it makes me smile <laughs> Wait, did you go to subway buy the sandwich oh yeah 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 oh. yeah yeah <laughs> <That's hilarious. laughs> most definitely yeah it's interesting so that that's a process I, I was talking about it during i think during the the training with uh in january i had the 30-day training and I was explaining also in a video on YouTube, the, what I, I talked about was uh, visualizing, seeing, and then capturing. Yes. What you're explaining is exactly that. It's, it's crazy that you, you had the thought of having the indent and the caution before. So you knew exactly how you would edit it before, afterwards. You, you already had the final image in your head. So you knew all the small elements and details you had to practice or like create to make it real. And I, I think that's great. 
Yeah, along the way, I learned to do simple sketches on paper. You can oh. you can really figure out a lot with a simple sketch, especially if you plan on doing any type of compositing work where you're yeah. going to be bringing different elements together in order to make them realistic. Because as many attributes that you can match from a composite photo to, you know, from source to composite, let's say you want to match the lighting, you want yeah. to match the perspective, you want to match the... Uh, the, the coloring in the environment. And in this case, I wanted to make the gorilla actually look like he's on the couch. So yeah. if he's just sitting on the top of a couch cushion, that's not going to look real. Yeah. So he's got to have an indent. So just a simple sketch, you know, me on one side, gorilla on the other side with the couch, you know, made me realize, okay, well, I've got to have the indents in the couch. So I've, I've used simple sketching techniques since the beginning to help me visualize my own ideas. After all, a sketch is a two-dimensional element, yeah. and so is a photograph. So I think if you're struggling with bringing an idea you have in your mind to life, a sketch can be a really helpful tool. And that doesn't mean you have to be a good sketch artist. This isn't something that you need to show anyone else, yeah. but it can help you formulate your ideas and get them down into a two-dimensional version that you can then reproduce through photography. That's interesting. That's something I used to uh, do sketches for aquascaping, which is basically arrangement of aquarium landscapes, guys, if, if you're not uh, familiar with it. It just looks absolutely epic. You're just recreating landscapes underwater and it's just magnificent. Uh, I used to be into that at one point in my life, still are, but I'm moving too much to have an aquarium. I would draw the sketches during class when I was a teenager and be like, oh, okay, I want to do it like that. Uh, and then it, it does help a lot. Uh, it kind of bridge between the reality and, and the concept and see those details. Do you think it's applicable for someone who is shooting, for example, street or landscapes? I do. I think using sketches helps you to understand composition as well. If mm. you can sketch something that compositionally works, then you can most definitely recreate that in real life. And I, I find myself in my own work continuously drawn to similar compositions. If, if you look at my body of work in particular, and I think a lot of photographers' body of work, you'll find that backgrounds change, subjects change, but compositions tend to be at least in some way consistent throughout a body of work. That's it. Do you think that consistency is due to... Uh, so I was reflecting when I was um, recording a, a video on, on composition, and I'm like, does composition comes from the fact that we think it looks good, and experimentally, like empirically, we're like, oh, all those art paintings, photos, etc., they have that similar composition, let's call it rule of thirds, uh, symmetry, and everyone likes it, or do you think it comes from something higher or different in the arrangement. I'm just curious how, if you move that person like a few centimeters to the left or to the right, it, it doesn't look as a, attractive in a way. Is it, you think, a social bias, a bias or? I think humans in general enjoy putting things in order. Okay. We love things like opening a drawer of silverware and everything's in its place. <laughs> yeah. We love photographs from the top down of people's gear where the cameras are organized perfectly and then you have the lenses yeah. and the tripods and their batteries and everything's laid out perfectly. Yeah. 
I think when things are in order, it causes our brain to relax. We don't have to work to try to put them in order ourselves. They're already there. And I know myself, I tend to think a little bit more clearly when I'm in a space that's also in order. Things aren't chaotic. Things aren't out of place. Messes aren't there. I find that if my desk or my work area is too messy, my work suffers because part of my brain is trying to clean that up. So I think the same thing may follow suit with images. If things naturally seem like they're in the right place, Mm -hmm. it's just a little bit easier, a little bit more enjoyable to look at. Got it. And I guess that's why we, I mean, I'm speaking for everyone, but we all love those images with a lot of negative space and like very simple compositions, maybe one subject and two tones. And, and you're like, oh, wow, that looks great. Yeah, it's just nice and easy, easy to to, com- uh, to read and, and understand. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. It's, that's very interesting. Um, in terms of inspiration, what, what's your creative process? I'm curious because I get so many questions around how do you find inspiration? Do you do you get lacks of inspiration? What do you is there like somewhere particular in your mind where you go whenever you're like, OK, imagine tomorrow you have a shoot. You don't know what you're going to shoot yet. What do you do? OK, well, that's a really good question. I, I think for me, inspiration has come in many different ways. And generally, I find that the more mentally peaceful I am. In in other words, I'm not stressed out. I'm not worried about what's going on. I'm just in a good spot. And that can come in many different places. Sometimes it comes while I'm taking a shower because I'm not thinking about anything. Uh, Sometimes that comes, you know, after a long walk. Anytime I've cleared my mind from the duties of, you know, day to day, that's when I find that inspiration just kind of comes. Mm. The ideas come in and I think those ideas are always trying to come in. Yeah. Sometimes it just takes quieting everything else in order to let them in. So for me, that's when the best ideas or, you know, the most inspiration has ever come around when I'm not necessarily trying. Mm. Every time I sit down, especially if I'm on a deadline and I'm stressed out and I'm just ripping through magazines or going through photography websites, I just seem to get overwhelmed and wind up uninspired. Or I just wind up kind of copying something else that I've seen, which is not exactly what I want to be doing with my life. So, yeah, I I think for me, it's a lot about just finding peace and letting those ideas come. I remember one particular shoot I I was about to to go shoot and and I I didn't feel like it was like, oh, it's going to be the same or whatever. Do you feel, um, I feel like there is, some kind of ramp up time when you go in a shoot. Yes. Until there is that, 
I don't know, you either in the flow or whatever you want to call it, where it just becomes like suddenly you have a ton of idea. You're like, oh, why don't we try that? Do, yes. do you have the same? Most definitely. Yeah. Sometimes shoots just, it, they seem like they're not going anywhere. Yeah. And then maybe something small changes. Maybe if I'm working with people, maybe it's just that my relationship with the people I'm yeah. working with just gets to a point where there's a little bit of a trust built and then we can kind of go in a new direction and take some chances together. And that's when the collaboration starts. Uh, sometimes it, it can be, you know, something's not quite white, right with the location or, you know, any number of things, but I most definitely feel that the beginning of photo shoots, especially if they're staged photo shoots tend to feel a little bit stiff. Yeah. And it's usually towards the end where we start to get in a little bit more of a groove and create something that's a little bit more natural. I do find that surrounding yourself with the right people and having just a general positive energy on set goes a long way. Mm -hmm. You know, I do everything that I can to remove all the technical issues before the day of a photo shoot. Oh, good. So idea. I'm not thinking yeah. about my lighting. I'm not thinking about my camera settings. I'm not touching my computer. Basically, on the day of a shoot, all I want to do is hang out with the people that I'm working with yeah. and make sure that everyone who's at that photo shoot is also just going to bring good energy into the room. And then when we start shooting, I want it to seem as effortless as possible. Like we're just hanging out and I happen to have a camera with me. That's mm. not always the case. Sometimes it's incredibly stressful and you're yeah. moving locations and have to set up lighting and you don't have a lot of time and that can have a different energy too. But I find that anytime that I'm too focused on a technical issue, yeah. any piece of equipment, uh, the shoot suffers, the energy, the interpersonal energy between yeah. the photographer and the subjects, uh, that tends to go away. And that, in my opinion, tends to produce images that are just a little bit stale. Mm -hmm. And personally, I'd rather see an image that maybe wasn't technically perfect, but felt like it had a life to it, rather than see something that was technically very well executed, but was lacking any type of energy. Yeah, lacking the, the soul in the, in the image. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. That's, that's a great tip. I think uh, if anyone has ever been struggling with that, they have to remind themselves that it's almost, I remember I, I saw one YouTuber one day, he's like, yeah, I'm going to warm up. He's like, for me, it's phot street photography. He's doing street photography. He's like, he's like, it's like warming up. You know, you need the warm up time, just like when you do sport and yes. after it, it goes a little bit better. So if you ever stressed out on a shoot, don't forget, you just need to get in the flow. And when I was shooting my clients in Paris for one hour only, that's a very short amount of time. So by the time you say, hi, how are you? It's already been five minutes. Then you give them like some insight. It's another five minutes. So you're 10 minutes in. And now you have to go to two different locations <laughs> with that client within that hour. And, um, and you quickly, I remember that tip from a friend. She's, she does so many of those shoots. And she's like, um, you just want to dial in your settings on manual Yeah. in each location. She's like, look at the back of your screen, get it right. And uh, another photographer was like, tell the client, I'm just taking test shots, I'm testing my settings. 
that way they, they know that if you're just geeking behind your camera, that's normal. And once you have it right, you tell them, okay, I got it right. And by them, you just have fun and play with them like you're saying. And that really, really helped me. So if it can help anyone else, that's, that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, because I remember stressing, you know, you're like stressing, you're in your camera, suddenly you realize your focus point was wrong. You don't want to tell anyone because they just paid you. Uh, you're like, yeah, we're just going to do it again. <laughs> don't worry, that's normal. Or not. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's something good. You have to dial into your own energy and, and like flow, I, w I would say, on a, on a shoot. That's interesting, especially with your shoots. They're like, you have a lot of moving pieces in, in some of your, your photo shoots. Sometimes, yes. And I would say, you know, looking back at my own history with photography. So I find that anytime that I let the technical side of things overwhelm the idea or the concept or working with people, that's when I need to take a step back. You know, great photographs are taken all the time with almost no technical complexity. Yeah. You can take wonderful photographs on a smartphone yeah. or on a point and shoot or on a DLSLR, DSLR in auto mode. Yeah. And I think that I lose track of that sometimes. It's not about getting the perfect settings in your camera and it's not about getting your lighting set up perfect. A lot of the time it's about the idea and the energy and the emotion that you're trying to bring from those photographs. So I would say that anytime that I've looked at my images and they've just seemed a little bit lifeless, it's probably because I was focused too much on the technical details and not enough on what was actually going on in that photo. That makes sense. That makes sense. It's like the steroid technical part takes exactly. over, uh, over the emotional part. And uh, what makes great photos, I don't know what you, you think about it. Uh, what, well, let's ask you, what, what's a great photo for you? <laughs> That's a good question. Great photos come I, in many different ways, honestly. I, I think a memorable photo is something that you just haven't really seen before. And mm -hmm. for me, that's well on its way to making a great photo. I, I'd rather see a photo that makes an impression than something that was technically well executed but looked extremely similar to 10,000 other photographs that I've seen. And that can be done in so many ways. Just offering up a different angle, you know, getting really low to the ground when you're taking a picture or really high up, standing on a chair, doing simple things like that can really make a difference. Working with elements that don't usually go together or things that you just don't commonly see or locations that most people haven't been to or haven't been commonly photographed. Doing things like working with atmosphere, photographing in the rain or in the fog or in the snow, photographing underwater, Mm -hmm. A lot of these things can bring a little bit of mystery and a little bit of unknown into a photograph, and that creates visual interest. Got it. Do you, do you have an, a certain emotional response to a, a great photo you wouldn't have to another one? Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I would say so. I would say that I have a different emotional response to probably just about every photo. Uh, 
you know, and, and I think that's the key is having an emotional response. If I have no emotional response, you love, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's not a picture that I'm going to remember, yeah. you know, years down the line. And the work from many of my favorite photographers, for the most part, it's memorable and it, it spans the gap. You yeah. know, there's sometimes it's, you know, real life photojournalism that's, mm -hmm. you know, capturing actual day to day. There's no setup involved there that's just, you know, a photographer and, and a camera. Yeah. All the way up to very high production. But the thing that ties them all together is creating an emotional connection with the viewer. And, and that really can be done in many different ways. But I think keeping that as priority will help, at least in some degree, create more memorable photos. That's interesting. That ties down to what I was uh, uh, talking about, which was how finding a story to tell in each photo, even if it's something you imagine, <laughs> that is absolutely crazy, you know? Like I had that, uh, I was in Chinatown in New York City, there was this butcher, no, it was even a cook in the duck, uh, like hanging duck shop. Mm -hmm. And he grabs the meat by the window, you know, and, and then there is direct like hitting it, which means his face is in darkness. The light uh, hits only his arm and the meat. And then his face is like totally hidden by a piece of meat that's being lit up directly. <laughs> so it's a, I see it happening and I'm like, I want to capture it. But the moment I captured it, in my head, I had that like super creepy moving <laughs> movie going on where I'm like, oh, maybe it's human meat or maybe <laughs> someone got killed here. I don't know. And and because maybe I watched too many movies, who knows? But um, with, with, whatever I capture, I try to do that exercise of having a little story in my head. And there are times I, I don't really have. I'm just like, oh, it just looks good. But usually that photo, I'm going to look at it and be like, looks good. And, and then I'll move on to the next one. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, the most striking photo I remember from Aaron, guys, is the one, I, I tried to link it down below also, is the one of you and your panda doing your, your the, you are eating panda, uh, not panda, you're not eating the panda, <laughs> you're eating McDonald's with a panda against the wall sitting on the floor. Yeah. And that's yeah. one of your 365 challenge. Yeah, that was in actually the same series that I talked about earlier with the gorilla eating the subway. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of a theme going on there. Yeah. yeah. And I, I remember that one just struck me because I think it, it encompasses several of the aspects that you mentioned, which is uh, something you haven't seen before, something you can also relate to at the same time. You're like, yeah, I'd like to eat a McDonald's from time to time, you know? <laughs> and then it's like... I want to eat it with a panda. You know, it's like <laughs> that emotional response where you're like, I, I want to be there. You know, it's it's kind of fun. And uh, yeah, that I don't know why, but every time I think about Florin, every time I think about you, that photo comes up in my mind. And then there is that funny fluffy monster that you have. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's for another story. That, so yeah, it's if you wanted to know, that's a very interesting. So if you're in your photography and you're totally stuck and it's uninspired, try to find stories to shoot. I agree. Instead yeah. of trying to find stuff to shoot. Because, I mean, we have stuff everywhere. Even if you build a story, like so many do on, on a set, try it, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's all movies are, right? Someone wrote a story and then they... Yeah. Yeah, if it. you break down every movie scene, uh, set, uh, frame, sorry, it's supposed to tell a little bit more about each... The, overall story but um yeah i think it's 
I think it's a great way to, to just think about things in general and not just photography, you know, video, photography, art, painting. Most definitely. That's cool. Um, someone is asking on Instagram and uh, her, her, his name is at Polychrome is asking, what is your, and that's going to be a bit more technical on, on the editing side, what is your best advice for anyone who wants to start editing their photos, Lightroom or Photoshop? What is the one tool they con should concentrate on? Because there are so many panels, so many tools everywhere. What is the one thing that makes the biggest difference for you and that should be mastered first? Well, I think if you can work with light levels in your image, you can really help guide a viewer's eyes to a specific area. And there are different tools for doing that. In Lightroom, this would be, you know, I would personally push towards any type of filter, either the graduated filter or the radio filter. Mm -hmm. That will at least you allow you to control which areas get lighter or darker. So I would say in Lightroom, start with a radio filter and work on controlling light levels in different areas. Make your subject just a tiny bit brighter while making the areas around your subject a little bit darker. It will naturally guide your viewer's eyes to the lighter areas. And then I would say the same thing in Photoshop. A curves adjustment layer will do basically the same thing. Allow you to lighten certain areas of the photo and darken other areas. So again, it, it kind of ties down to what you were saying earlier about uh, making something easy to, to look at. Exactly. And so you're guiding the viewer's eye. Yeah, here's okay. the message. You know, that's, okay. uh, the, the faster you can make that message clear to the viewer, yeah. the better, usually, unless you're going for some type of confusion photo. Yeah. But if you tend to see it with large companies mm -hmm. they have slogans yeah what's mcdonald's slogan i'm loving it <laughs> yeah three words it didn't take me long huh? <laughs> it didn't take you long at all mcdonald's slogan is not we make pretty good hamburgers well they're okay i mean they're, they're <laughs> they, you, they taste okay in the moment but if you try to eat them an hour later they're pretty bad but we also have fries and we have chicken nuggets too and we have dessert. uh dessert don't forget about the flurries um we have a lot of locations all around the United States, and we're priced very competitively. Uh, so come on in today and, and try one. <laughs> that doesn't seem appealing. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I already tuned out. <laughs> you tuned out, yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously they know what they're doing when it comes to getting your attention and keeping it and yeah. creating something memorable because it didn't take you that long to figure out, remember their slogan. Yeah. So I would say, Take a similar approach with your photographs. Figure out what you want to say with a photograph. Say it. And then be done. Okay, that's good. And any other tip uh, in terms of colors, like color adjustments? Uh, I remember I struggled a lot with that at the beginning and I don't know exactly how I got through, but you know, you see photos or themes maybe that other people edit and you're like, how do they keep getting those tones? If you wanted to find, how, how would you work on colors just to get certain tones? Because I, I, I'm gonna speak for everyone here, but if I look at an image that is raw, for example, I get super biased by the way the colors are looking to me right now. And if I'm, and it's very difficult for me to envision something different without it looking weird. Uh, do you suggest usually when working with colors using a, 
a template colors uh, for example a, a palette and then moving the or or using someone else's image and trying to recreate the same tones that's a good question i my general advice when it comes to color is do everything that you can in camera a lot of times if let's say you're photographing someone in a green environment they're yeah. in a uh, a jungle type environment or a greenhouse or a uh, conservatory that sort of thing so i've got a lot of plants around them green environment well green has a complementary color mm -hmm. purple yeah so if you're going to photograph a person and they're going to wear purple in that photograph that purple is naturally going to stand out from the green yeah. and those two colors are gonna look very good to, with each other. Mm -hmm. So that's something that can be done without any technical knowledge at all. Okay. You can look at a color wheel and figure out what colors might go together. I would say take the same approach when you're editing. If you photograph someone in a similar environment, let's say they're surrounded by green, but maybe they're wearing uh, a gray dress. Yeah then you can use certain tools in Photoshop to maybe add a little bit of a purple hue into that gray dress mm. and use these colors to enhance the overall palette of the photograph. I think adding color, adding tone just for the sake of doing it is not a great strategy for making images better. Okay. It's a good strategy for making your images different, mm -hmm. but that's not the same thing as better. So just like we talked about earlier, having a little bit of a plan, a little bit of a guideline, and an idea of where you want to go most definitely helps out. Okay. I'm going to ask your last question on, uh, on that note, and it's simply in terms of style for people, and you, you might see, you, I'm sure you see the trends, uh, that changed. We went from like super dull colors about three years ago, I would say, four years ago, where everything was getting like the blacks were being crushed, we were almost like faded, and everything green like disappeared into the grayness a little bit. Um, the, what do you recommend to people for them to t tune in to their own style in terms of, of color palette like that? Because, and even like tones. Because I, I find it very difficult to have your own, but yet not be influenced. Do you think like following a trend is a good thing, or should you try to always stay on your side forever? Or how do you feel about that? That's a good question. I think being aware of trends is a good thing. I think following trends is uh, something that's never going to get you in front of trends. Okay, you're never going to become the trendsetter if you're following trends. You're always going to be a couple steps behind. So, in my opinion, photography, visual art, art in general, comes as an expression of yourself. And the clearer you can express yourself, and the more you enjoy doing so, and the more energy you put into it, and the more time you put into it, those are the things that are going to make your images stand out over time. And you could become the next trend based on who you are. You know, yeah. I'm reminded of music a few years ago, more than a few, 
Michael Jackson was the top of the charts and he got displaced by Nirvana, which is a very, 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 very different sound. Yeah. And Nirvana wasn't trying to be like Michael Jackson in any way. They were just being themselves and putting everything they had into it. And people responded to that. They responded to that individualism. And that is what propelled Nirvana and Michael Jackson and any great artist into what became the trend. And then following Michael Jackson and following Nirvana, people tried to sound like that, but they never quite they never stood up. Nirvana. Yeah. No, no. It, and, and that's what I would say. Focus on who you are. Everyone has, you already are a unique individual. You already contain everything you need to stand out. You already know what you like and what you don't like. And that is your taste and that is your style. And working hard and putting your energy into the things that you create will mean that you will get better and you will create better work. And eventually, better work, no matter what the style, will always rise to the top that makes sense that's good i think that's pretty good um a lot that's really good because a lot of people get i mean i i even in the past would get confused by that especially me working with clients where some clients want to follow certain trends but when i look at who we picked as a uh, as a photographer for our wedding i picked the one that was able to tell the emotion of that day without tinting with his whatever preset and it's called it preset with this preset or whatever uh my day you know and making it look like anyone else's day and having an artist that is able to encompass people's emotion personality and bring it to life and keep that subject personality is so important yet adding their own uh, touch on it but not overstepping it if that makes sense and uh, i feel like uh, especially now with instagram like Imagine you are a big influencer, tomorrow you start something new. Like within an hour, half the globe on Instagram knows about it. And they're like, oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> Let's try it, but it's already too late. Um, and I, I feel like it's easy to start just following trends and get biased by it. And well, I'm sure the more we see stuff a certain way, the more we maybe appreciate or hate it completely and it influences our own vision but uh yeah i i try deeply personally to to stick to what i love from the beginning i always didn't hate but i always um i, I felt something was missing to faded tones and faded everything i'm like it's a wedding it's not a you know it, it didn't work for me so i i never went that route although i knew maybe commercially it would have made more sense at some point and uh when i was selling to clients but uh, yeah, I, I try to remind myself that, you know what, there, there are 7 billion people on earth. I'm sure I'll find 10 other for, for the next two months that will like my style. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so if you're struggling with that, dial in what, what you really like. And I remember someone came to the workshop, he started editing his photos. And I'm pretty sure we would all be like, ew, what is happening? He went 
saturation all the way up, clarity a little bit all the way up, like HDF filter here and here, uh, like weird effects. And at the end, and he has a very good camera, you know? And at the end, it looked nothing like what you would expect from that camera, but I really liked what he did because he freaking loved it. He loved what he did. And then I just reminded myself of uh, a certain time in our culture, maybe it was pop culture, where you had like super weird colors everywhere and everyone was buying into that. And, and you're like, yeah, but the guy who started it, maybe the previous trend was fade, you know? <laughs> and so uh, I, I just, so if you're in that situation, all I want to say is don't feel bad. Just, just go with what you love and, and go for it. Yeah. Aaron, do you have a, a little exercise that you want to leave people with? For example, if they're in a little rut or for, can you say rut? Does that work? Yeah, that's yeah, a good that, word. Yeah. That's, <laughs> Yeah, I just check. We never know. Sometimes I throw a weird word. The translation, yeah. yeah. It's like, mm, no, 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 don't use that. Uh, a little creative exercise that you can leave people with if, if they're a little bit blocked or if they don't know what to shoot lately. Yeah, my something that's worked for me is bringing multiple passions of mine together. If oh. I'm just thinking about food all the time. I'm cooking, I'm having a great time in the kitchen, I'm experimenting with new ingredients, and I'm just really, really into food. Then bringing my photography into the direction of food is a really great way to tie those passions together. Or let's say I've just been really enjoying spending quality time with the people that I love and having genuine interactions and not trying to have any other type of experience than hanging out and having a conversation. Bringing photography into that world can be quite rewarding as well and doing your best to capture friends and family in everyday situations in a beautiful way. So if you find yourself a little bit uninspired with photography, look to other areas in your life where you are inspired and then think about bringing a camera to those areas. That's great. That's a great idea. I love it. I'm going to try it more. Great. Yeah, that's great. Aaron, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to let everyone go. Maybe they're driving, maybe they arrived at work and it's time for them to work or they finished their jog because it's been a few minutes. So you should be at about 10K if you're running at a normal pace right now. <laughs> All right. Aaron, thank you so much for being here on the podcast. Thank you, Pierre. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah. Everyone, go check out Aaron on uh, everywhere. Instagram. Yeah. Just uh, yeah. Flurn. It's like phlearn.com uh, on YouTube, on Instagram. Everywhere. Find us on Flurn. Just if you can remember that word, it's pretty easy to find us. It's easy to remember also. It's like photo and learn. Wow. <laughs> Smooshed great. into one. Wow. <laughs> That's great. You know, I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> -da -pa -pa -pa. All right. See you, everyone. Have a nice day. Bye. Wow, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate that you take all that time to uh, listen to something I create and that in discussions that I have with guests that I really, really enjoy. I learned a lot from those and I hope that you too, because that's why I'm actually doing the podcast. It's not just to learn for myself, but also share everything I learned with you guys. So that's it for today. I hope you have enjoyed. If you did, if you learned anything today, please screenshot that podcast, drop it in your Instagram story, tag me, tag Flurn, and just share the love, share the podcast. The, I really want to blow it up into 
2019. That way we can have more and more guests and it's gonna be absolutely insane. Uh, this adventure is being built all together. All right guys, get out there, go shoot, foster your creativity, try to apply what Aaron said and don't be fearful if there is a day you're not inspired. It's totally okay to have those periods in life. All right, get out there, go shoot, have an amazing day, bye.